RMN Behaving Badly, a topical, political and 70% accurate podcast about mental health nursing in the UK. Your hosts are Stuart McKenzie and me, Ed Freshwater. Welcome to the show. Good evening, Stuart. How are things? Things are fabulous, Ed. I'm, I'm alive. Uh, my, my family are, are okay and uh, we're still deep in lockdown and delivering services in uh, a highly unusual environment, which I'm sure most of our listeners are too. How mm-hmm. are you? Loving every moment, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, as uh, as we pointed out a couple of episodes, uh, I'm I'm working out in my back bedroom, yeah. um, which you know doesn't mean what you think it means. Um, but other than that, <laughs> other than that, enjoying every minute. I'm did you record ex- the live? Did you record the, the live show from your back bedroom? No, I did that out the front room because I've got a green screen in there. Ah. Right, a green screen. I've got You're a taking this technical ability up just too far. Yeah, yeah. I've got a, a decent resolution camera. I've got a nice fancy microphone right in front of me, and I've positioned it just so that you know when we do the live thing and it's and it's broadcast on on YouTube, people can actually see the magnificence of the microphone. I'm gonna have to take some lessons in that for for the next the next production just to see if I can up my game. I might even wear a tie. Mm-hmm. I have to say I was incredibly impressed at your um, spruced upness. Occasionally, I do. Um, you know, occasionally I shave. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I I I have to say I for about? one I for one thought that the the live show went incredibly well. Um, it did. That was a that was a very fun experience, and it was a delight to be joined by John Scott, who, who gave us an, a, a just wonderful perspectives on uh, on his experiences of uh, as a man with lived experiences, uh, as a professional comedian, as a guy who's been around a bit, as a guy who's worked in the field as well. Yeah. Uh, just a generally genuine nice person who mm-hmm. is able to bring quite a lot of humour into that vacuum that this whole COVID mm-hmm. thing's created for us all. It's mm-hmm. quite a stark reminder as well for us if this is how we're feeling, how are the people who we deliver services to feeling? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah, that the weekend there there seemed to be a, a change in the tone and a lot of the a lot of the, 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 the social media stuff and the stats coming out about the increase in domestic violence. Although Pretty Patel mm-hmm. she's she's much more keen to report that shoplifting's down here. Well, you know, this is this is the thing. If you um, if you get rid of all of the cars, then road deaths are gonna go down. You know, so uh, if you shut all the shops, shoplifting is gonna reduce. Yeah, speeding will go up though. Mm-hmm. Roads are empty. People are speeding. I reckon they're gonna make the money back, aren't they? When we get yeah. to a place where everybody goes back to work, the first week back to work is gonna be like the start of a Formula One in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Because everybody thinks the new thought he's actually fifty. He's just going to be sat at the at the junction, just going bam, 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 bam. and we're off. <laughs> and there goes the back shaft. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's just I I think I listen to these. I don't know how helpful it is to listen to the daily update. I don't think that is helpful. It's not at all. I don't think and, unless you're working policy, in which case. I'll interrupt you very briefly there, but if you're developing policy and working in related services, then some of that information is useful, except mm. their use of information is not particularly useful. Yeah, 
and let's be honest, they're conservative ministers. Why on earth would you believe what they're saying? And the other part is, if you're not working in those fields, then all you're getting is a list of things that you can do absolutely nothing about. You remember the the lists of numbers. I reckon I recognise people aren't using public transport. I don't need the same graph shown to me every day about how you know people aren't using the tube and people aren't using buses because they're all speeding past me on the motorway. Um, everybody's a key worker, and I, I I'm I'm also not particularly interested in the. the the constant focus on the death toll because it's the people who are left behind and living who are having to experience whilst I have a huge amount of sympathy for people who are in a, a critical condition as you would or people who have lost. The other side of it is it's the impact that that bereavement has. So behind every single one of those individuals, there's a family, there's a workforce, there's, there's mm-hmm. colleagues, there's friends. This focusing down on, on the, the, the detail of individual numbers doesn't tell the totality of it. And, and I, I think when you've got people talking about the crime rates going down, um, it just shows an absolute lack of insight and, and empathy into the, the world that we live in. But hey, listen, I mean, as we discussed in the live show, the women can't count. So, no. you know, who knows what the true figures are. And, and, and it is kind of appalling when, if you think of it from a, a human perspective, when people say, oh, we had 935 deaths, but we've gone down to 715 today, so that's good news. No, it's not. No, That's 715 lives ended and countless thousands of bereaved, grieving, hurt people who are left behind. And it's... And we know we know that, statistics. We know that the, the, the figures around nursing homes and the death rates in nursing homes are, you know, it's just, it's just horrific. And mm-hmm. people not getting access to their loved ones. That's that that's the thing for me. It doesn't I don't think the press conferences serve well to help reduce anxiety, to help promote health and well being to be used as a, a medium for actually, do you know what, we've really focused our energy on some of this stuff um, where, where we recognise that mental health services may become saturated. Um, we just hear the same rhetoric around testing, mm-hmm. around access to testing, around people not being able to use public transport when the country's done well. Well, I have to say, some of the pictures I was looking at at the weekend in the news and the social media that friends were discussing, the amount of people out and about, um, it's quite worrying, genuinely worrying. What, what, what's going on in, in the public psyche? Mm-hmm. Where on one hand, we have a massive number of people shielded. You're living testament to that. People taking it very seriously. Yeah. And then on the other hand, somehow that message isn't permeating. How, how real does it need to be? Or... Could you also view from a nihilistic perspective that people living on the peripheries, people living um, lives in isolation generally before COVID, people who uh, experience those inequalities actually uh, don't, don't have any connection to the society that these politicians are standing up there talking to. They, they feel detached from that society. Yeah. I, wasn't, I didn't matter before COVID, so why, why do I matter now? So, mm-hmm. you know. I will say one thing for the briefings. I, th- I think they do provide something, which is uh, to give ministers the opportunity to just constantly trot out the phrase ramping up, 
and constantly to say, we followed the science, we're following the silent science, we're being led by the science. It's all of the science. The science is to blame for everything. We're just doing what the science says. And incidentally, here's a couple of scientists and uh, they're the ones advising us. So anything that's gone wrong, it's not our fault. And two them. weeks ago, let's never forget when this is over. And I use I, I'm cautiously, like, you know, before we get into the, the worst about not forgetting. But let's absolutely clear this is the same ministers that um, by sleight of hand and by um, insinuation gave a view that perhaps there wasn't enough PPE because nurses and doctors were using it inappropriately. Yeah. So let's be absolutely clear, when all of this is over, one of the things I want to be remembered is that at the height of the lack of PPE, which is still clearly an issue, because the Royal College of Surgeons, uh, the Royal College of Psychiatrists, um, don't know how we got into surgeons, <laughs> the Royal College of Psychiatrists are clearly in, in a report that they've published last week and is quoted in the Guardian. You know, they've went out to their members in four, the four nations and they've got 29% of their members clearly stating that they don't have access to PPE, that psychiatrists mm-hmm. are genuinely concerned that mental health hospitals are not coped yeah. to, to, to de- are not de- um, built to cope with um, massive infection issues like mm-hmm. this, like trying to stop the spread of a highly contagious pathogen. So, but, but where is any of that in the news? Mm-hmm. There's none of that in there. And that goes back to that disengaged community, doesn't it? Are we expecting to see um, drug-associated drug deaths go up? Are we expecting to see suicide rates go up? Are we going to see a trend in that? And are we going to just all put that down to COVID? Like the science, we follow mm-hmm. science. Well, it's just it's just mental health. It's just COVID. This is the mm-hmm. this peak and this, this artificial rise in suicide is because of COVID. Well, it's not because of COVID. It's because people haven't been supported to understand the implications or people's yeah. livelihoods have been lost or people's families have been disrupted to the point that they're, they're not fixed, they can't be fixed. Mm-hmm. That's not COVID's fault. No, what, what COVID has done is, is demonstrated the precarious nature of survival mm-hmm. for a vast number of people in this country. It's shown how uh, precarious employment was, how precarious uh, housing has been, uh, income and income protection, access to services. Zero uh, the- contracts, Ed. Yeah. You know. Well, you'll be supported on 8% of your contracted pay, which is zero. So, you so, know. 8% uh, of bugger all, that's what you'll be getting. If you're, one, if you're someone who followed the entrepreneurial dream of the Tories and have been supported in a small business, then um, you need mm-hmm. to prove to your bank. Like, I, I, can't, I, I can't remember the phrase exactly, but you have to prove that you have tried to put up for holding all of your available assets before money will be released to you. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you need to remortgage your house mm-hmm. to the same bank to release the capital to keep your business solvent? Yes. Meanwhile, £500 million pounds for <laughs> an airline. Yeah, mm. but but we keep and, and I've all, I don't know if you've noticed that I've started to hear more about econ- we, we can't avoid a second wave of this because economically we can't afford that. Yeah, mm. That's which is thought. which Isn't is that? the we've decided on a price for each of your heads. Well, there must be an algorithm for it. There's an algorithm for everything oh, yeah. else. Yeah. So we'd like to give you this medal, but actually. <laughs> don't know if we can afford that now. Yeah, we're going to give you a medal, 
And it's a gold medal. Well, we say gold. It's gold colored. It's gold style. It's not really a medal, actually. It's more of a badge. Yeah. And it's going to be made out of tin type material. And, 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 and there's call a serious, cynical, my God, are we cynical? There's a, serious, there's a serious point to it, you know. Yeah. Going back to the, the stuff that, that was, if, and if you've not had a chance to listen to the live pod, it's up there on YouTube, the links are on the website. More on that later. We, we, we certainly don't want to be uh, seen to, to pushing down the severity of this or try to make light of it. But in this vacuum that's being created, where there's mixed messaging coming from from the media, which is perpetuated, where then they just pick up their messages from politicians who change with the direction of the wind. And I think what we're trying to do is create a sense of when this is over, we need to go back. I'm going to go back and listen to these pods because we're picking up all of these things on a weekly basis. They're actively sitting hoping that we don't remember this stuff. Mm -hmm. They're actively thinking that they can claw their way out of this somehow by medals, by false promises, by supporting the clap the NHS. I don't mm -hmm. forget that these are the people that ran the NHS into the ground. And actually our services and mental health services and learning disability services before any other service. And I, I say this, it may sound flippant. I know people have been bragging about how we've not had to use the Nightingale hospitals and that there's capacity in the main system. I'm really glad we didn't have to use them. Mm -hmm. But do you think when mental health services are struggling, they're going to build us a pop-up mental health hospital? Fat chance. Yeah? Do you think they're going because to Because we've been struggling for long enough, and we've been crying about it for long enough. Do you think they put Florence's name on that, Ed? Do you think they put Florence's name on that? No. No. It's, it's going to be... It, it'll be the name of some worthy person who's donated a colossal amount of money to the right people that'll get their name on it. We are, Or it'll be named after some god-awful word that doesn't mean anything. I, I would reckon that you and I have quite a vast network of colleagues and friends across the UK mm -hmm. in mental health services. I, I, think, I, think that, I don't think that's narcissistic or big-headed to say that. I think we do. And, what I, and I, I'm in contact with people through Twitter, through email, through conversation. And, and I know how hard I'm working I know how hard my colleagues are working in management positions and how hard they're working for their teams and how hard their teams are working for, for patients and service users at the moment. Mm -hmm. We have no capacity in our systems. It's not like we're just sitting around waiting. But I think what our staff are doing, what our colleagues are doing is getting missed. Yeah, I, I think we're quietly and effectively and professionally trying to take all the, the, the chaos which is running around us with COVID while our colleagues do absolutely incredible work in acute hospitals to manage this situation, desperately low in PPE, mm. um, having had no focus on their health and well-being up until COVID. Another byproduct of COVID is that we now recognise that people need to decompress mm -hmm. because they didn't need to decompress before because working in an acute adult hospital and surgical or in trauma that wasn't stressful that, that was never stressful no. before um working in, in, in uh, women and children's services and, and and dealing with um you know stillbirth and that was never stressful before it wasn't no no as evidenced by the extremely high rates of retention <laughs> and uh, low levels of sickness absolutely yeah 
But what, what, what that was sarcasm for the listeners. <laughs> we're, we're building, we're building a, a, a picture of COVID that I think they would like to see, which is lots of nurses and doctors and lots of acute settings wearing lots and lots of PPE. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse you. And they, they want to build that narrative because they want to think that they helped fight that. They won that. They mm-hmm. helped win that battle by facilitating our PPE by facilitating the, the, the focus on their health and well-being. They've not done any of that. No. You know? And, and the actual fact of it is we've had over a decade of intentionally winding things down to the point of just coping. It's almost like COVID is going to be a really convenient fall guy for them. Oh, yeah. Because... Now everything starts to crumble, then they can go, well, you know, we didn't know that there was going to be a pandemic and this was totally unforeseen and completely unprecedented. And actually it was a completely predictable outcome of a system that was running beyond capacity for years with willful mismanagement that suddenly had a huge burden of extra work placed on top of it right at the point that it lost a good percentage of its workforce did it have to take did it have to take covid to actually recognize what safe staffing looks like no but but what it does is it makes covid becomes the patsy yeah 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 well but that's it because you have bc before covid Mm-hmm. And, and it, won't, it won't be long before we, we, we have someone standing up on that side of the house saying, you know, we are now in the post-COVID era. Mm-hmm. This is the you know, new normal. This is the new normal and we've invested all of this money and all of this mm-hmm. technology and we've brought, in, um, we've brought in all of these companies who are helping to uh, support staff and we've reached out to our benefactors, uh, sorry, our or, or, um, businesses and it, 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 that I suppose I'm quite angry about it at the moment because there, there, there is more there's, there's, there's more evidence than ever that those who have have a better chance that, and it's not an eloquent way of putting it I can't think any way but those who have have got a better chance of coming out of this unscathed than those who have not. I just can't think of a better well, way of it's, it's that. the It's the buffer zone that wealth grants you, that privilege grants you, and it's being able to absorb shocks. It, it's, our patients, our patients don't have that buffer. No, no. And, the word and they use, that, as Resilient said, remember, yeah. that's the word they use. Well, it's the... Um, it was just today that, that more information was getting published on um, disproportionate rates of, of death amongst um, minority communities, uh, amongst um, people for experiencing poverty, um, all the kinds of health inequalities and the social inequalities were coming in and just demonstrating that, yes, if you are less privileged, if you are much worse off, then this is going to hit you. It's more likely to hit you very badly. And um, it, it really puts the lie to that uh, statement that we're all in this together. Well, because, because that is just an out-and-out out lie. We are not all in this together. Some people are in a position to get through this 
way better than other people. Oh, yeah. But uh, as a colleague pointed out absolutely brilliantly today, they, they said uh, it's the same storm, but very different boats. And some people are in a nicely appointed grand old yacht that is big enough to weather the storms and other people are basically in a canoe mm-hmm. struggling. And and that's the differentiation between it. But, you know... It's and it's m- not stopped and taken it one step further as well because even in amongst all of this, there are plans within the Conservative Party which hit news today about how they're going to redraw constituency boundaries which will directly impact in the north of England on constituencies which for the first time ever voted Tory. Mm-hmm. Poor constituencies in post-industrial. Good grief. Imagine you- that the kleptocratic cacistocracy would be involved in gerrymandering. I mean, my word. Mm-hmm. The, the, it says here that and, and reading through this, the Labour Party highlighted that 37 Tory MPs represent areas facing projected cuts under the proposed formula after the Conservatives gained a slew of seats across the North. Shadow Local Government Secretary Andrew Gwynn said that they would be asking every single one of those Tory MPs to stand shoulder to shoulder to defend, and this is directly associated, defend social care grants and social, uh, social care funding. As if they gave a flying one about those things. Absolutely. But, but, but you could, you know, in one hand you could say, well, you voted for it. But how much shift does there have to be in a community? It says a lot about the, the standing candidates for, for Labour as well, though, that people felt mm-hmm. they had to walk across the street, essentially. But there is, the, the party lines are so blurred now, and COVID blurs it even further. Decency is the core fundamental, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But, but decency seems to be a matter for curious, abstract discussion yeah. rather than a real thing. Yeah, well, was it, was it not? Did we not share? And did we? I, I seen, um, we, we shared quite a lot of material between us, but you know, like we can't, we can't follow the socialist dream because it's just too hard for people to understand. So let's follow the neoliberalism approach. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll call it progressive. <laughs> and we'll call, do you know, it's, it's almost like that, that's right in there with the, you know, it, it, it just, it, it's treating people like idiots. It's mm-hmm. up there with, and I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Donald Trump, but it is, it's like saying, I mean, how many people had to actually think that injecting disinfectant was a bad idea? You know, there's almost a Darwinism approach to it. <laughs> well. <laughs> but there's, there's something in it for me that don't speak to people like that. Socialism and looking after fellow human beings has been made to be a bad thing that that's not well, it's an, it's understand. An, yeah and for some reason the the narrative around it is that socialism is a threat to security it's a yeah. threat to employment it's a threat to the economics uh-huh. everything yet all the evidence points to the exact opposite and the principles of humanity say that capitalism is worse for everybody than socialism would be or a social agenda or a socialist 
whatever you want to call it, if you're terrified of the word Marxism or, or socialist or something, just understand that being liberal and giving a flying crap about other people is anathema to conservative politics. But, as in, but, as we're, a, but we're in a realm where, well, there's two sides to every story, and there's not. As, as, as somebody said, um, they, they were speaking about um, nonviolence, uh, and uh, but it could quite easily apply to uh, a progressive lefty agenda. And it said what they what they were saying was that it's not that it's been tried and found wanting; it's that it's been found difficult and not tried. Yeah, and and, and where it's been tried, and and I, 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 we talk about it like it's some it, it's some fragile cloud if you touch it it'll just disappear in your hands mm-hmm. the nhs is one of the greatest demonstrations how you can take those socialist values and we pay for them predicated on income what it was supposed to be because mm-hmm. clearly that's been taken advantage of in the new liberalized neoliberal world and mm-hmm. you know where capitalism is allowed to seep into that and i'm conscious we've almost become a question time audience but the, the, this don't, fits, don't say that because I'll have to start screaming about Brexit and call you a traitor. Like this, this fits with this fits with the lives our our, our our patients, the people who depend upon mental health services and mental health nurses. Mm-hmm. They they've they've not in my time in, in the field and, and, and in service. They've not been encouraged to participate in society. We do. Absolutely not. We encourage them. We've got some fabulous third sector colleagues who, through employability, through um, through social funding and through social work, they believe the same things as us. It's not that the world is filled by bad people. I, I genuinely believe that the majority of people who I work with and who I work directly with, in fact, oh, they have the same fact. They want to help people to... to, mm-hmm. to to do more with their ability to try and live with their their symptoms in a way that they can be the best that they can be, but politics is the, the, the politics of, of of the current government and, and of that particular party. They're not designed to look after individuals like that. That's not socialism. That's just being a good human being. And if we we create we create a socialist construct where it's this really fragile thing that it, it can't take the knocks and the you know, it can't take the bangs of big industry or making a profit. The mm-hmm. only people who are, the only reason to be scared of it is if you've got something to lose. And mm-hmm. these people have something to lose. They have their privilege to lose. When you're at the bottom end of this and you've got nothing to lose or you've lost everything. Yeah. Well, at the, the, at the real risk of this becoming way too political... <laughs> But um, <laughs> how have we ended up here, Ed? I know, <laughs> but but that's what um, a lot of the investigations are around. Why people voted Brexit? Yeah, it was because, particularly in in the north of England, in communities that had been abandoned for years, that had been you know again intentionally run down mm-hmm. uh, under a under a majority conservative government, then vote then you know, they bring in new labor under the promise that things are going to get better for them um, because things could only get better. Um, and things didn't get better for them. 
and now they're being wrecked with austerity. Mm -hmm. Somebody comes along and says, do you know what? If you just vote for this thing and everything will be better. What have they got to lose? Because communities were devastated by the, the, by the economics that the UK had followed since 79 you know, this this is not a 2010. This, this is, is not this a, is my this is not Cameron I mean, thing. This is a absolutely this is a, a post post Ted Heath thing. This is this is this is growing up in a city, growing up in a country in a city where the poll tax was used as some sort of test case. Mm-hmm. This is not new. This has been insipid political neoliberalism has not served Scotland well and has not served. Uh, the, the nation, the UK, well, and it's certainly not served the people who we care for well. No, it's and, only served rich people who and were. Was, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and you know, unless you wanted to buy your council house and then you were made to feel, you know, you were made to feel um, that you, you'd want to watch, although you'd been paying rent to the council for years. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the, the, what, what gets me and bringing it back to, to, to what, we, what we do. This is why COVID will be used like the, the bad, the, you know, the big news day to hide all of this. Mm-hmm. People may feel that this might be the, the proverbial straw for individuals, but people weren't on the precipice of completion of, 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 of suicide or of self-harm or of a deterioration in their mental health just because of COVID. The groundwork was done and laid bare by austerity. Yeah. Yeah, the foundations were planted by Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Right? And it, the building stopped abruptly around about Blair, who then himself set about on his own agenda mm-hmm. before we had the fall down of the banks. But in through all of this, in terms of mental health services, people can say what they like. There may be more of a focus on well-being, and we as a professional group have definitely... Um, grown and, and become more accepting of the, of the stories of the people who use our services and who rely on our services. And I don't use use in a pejorative way. I mean that genuinely. They, they depend on them or they, mm-hmm. they need to come in and out of them. But even our services have become target-driven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. targets have become a euphemism for, for, for quality. Yes, as if... It, because then the incentive becomes the quicker you get somebody in and out of a service, the more effective you're being. Uh, yeah. Failing yeah. to recognize that this person has got a lifetime of not having any support. Then they get us for six weeks and then they're expected to do the next 40 years on their own on the back of that one six week intervention. We've measured our output. But we measured our, you know. And that, this is the thing for me. I suppose that was a really long-winded way of getting to that, where we've... Long-winded? We, us? We, um, we use that. I, I think, we, you know, I think we're allowed to be this. I think we're allowed to be heavy after having a very light-hearted live show. As mm-hmm. I try to find a segue into something <laughs> <humorous>. <laughs> I can feel my own hackles. Do you know that way? I, I, I can genuinely feel it. I don't know whether it's just, you know, having, you know, the, the last couple of weeks, it, it does feel, it does feel like 
people's experiences. There's the, those who are doing all right, and mm-hmm. you know, can it ever be business as usual again? I, I, I don't know. I just don't know it. I'm, I'm really keen to see what people who listen to the pod think. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if they as angry as or, or as dissatisfied with the political rhetoric as I am. Um, I have to say that, that some of the information coming out of St Andrew's House is in Scotland uh, through the Scottish Government. I, I watched the two and it tends to be much more fact-based, mm-hmm. tends to be much more human, um, even down to the fact that we have a British Sign Language interpreter mm-hmm. and tends to be much more focused on communities and calling out some of the behaviours which aren't community-spirited. Yeah. You know, and we seem to be living this life that, yes, everybody's doing as we asked. No, they're not. So how's that segue into finding something humorous going for you there? I don't know, Ed. (laughs) Here's some clever editing or something. (laughs) Here's the bad news. I have got neither the time nor the energy to edit this one. This is going out as is, mate. But um, it's Monday today. We're recording this. Both of us have had a a bit of a day. but. Somebody else who's had a bit of a day has been Boris Johnson with his yeah. uh, with his recovery, and uh, today has been his first day back um, at work. So he's he's been off. He's recovering from the coronavirus, and um, well, there's a whole other discussion there. Some folk okay. don't think he ever had it, uh, so <laughs> and that it's been used to to keep him out of the firing line. But uh, he's had his first full day back at work today and in something of an exclusive we managed to um bag an interview with boris John- you you won't believe it but we did actually manage to bag an interview with the prime minister and ask him well prime minister how do you think the government's response to the pandemic has been what's the outlook from your point of view We are in a very different position from that we were in 10 weeks ago. Uh We are far stronger than we were 10 weeks ago. Undoubtedly. We are far better prepared to endure the worst malice of Hitler and his Huns. What? Hang on. I think you mean coronavirus there, don't you, Prime Minister? Hello? Hello? Oh, Oh, we've lost the line there. Anyway, it was really nice to hear from Boris. That's uh, that's kept us going today. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't use Never Surrender. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, maybe Dr. Paisley was busy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, advising Donald Trump? <laughs> yeah. Stick a light bulb up your arse and <laughs> jet some detail. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I and thought I, you were across from me there. I was going to say, I thought you would do, that's the type of thing you'd do in the background. <laughs> we don't talk about that on the podcast, Stuart. What happens in the room stays in the room. <laughs> oh, I see you. So anyway, a short while ago, we had uh, our first ever live show uh, with fantastic comedian John Scott. Yep. It went down extremely well. We were delighted to have Loads and loads of people joining in a live Zoom uh, event. We some beautiful haircuts, some beautiful some hairdos. fantastic haircuts. Fabulous uh, hat. We've got some great chat going in the sidebar. We've got some great chat going on Twitter. And 
how do you top an event with a comedian like that? Well, we found a way to do it. You have an event with two comedians. So uh, what's going to happen? We're going to have one on Saturday the 9th of May, 9pm, another free gig uh, on Zoom. Who's coming, Stuart? So we have the wonderful Susan Morrison, uh, who I've known for, God, I had to rack my brains, but it is, it's 15 years, wow. and who is just an absolute stalwart of the, the Scottish comedy circuit, regular compare at the stand, both in Glasgow and Edinburgh. And, you know, she would be embarrassed to say it, but if Susan's known them all as they've come through, mm-hmm. uh, just an absolute gem of a woman and we have Susie McCabe who I found out has known my auntie for 20 years tonight <laughs> we chatted with her hi big Tina I've never heard my auntie Christine called Tina in my entire life <laughs> there's, there's a whole dark of side of your family there I've, that you never wait, knew about hi I was an apprentice electrician we are 20 I'm fucking Tina <laughs> I'm straight in the phone <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, we've got Susie McCabe, um, Scottish comedy writers, Comedian of the Year 2019, uh, sold out UK tours, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think Susie will bring some genuine uh, belly laughter yeah. to it. Um, Absolutely. I've, I've got to say, just before we recorded this, we had a, a short 20-minute production chat with uh, with Susan and Susie. And the catharsis, honestly, um, just, I mean, I, I kind of think if we could get, if we could get uh, somebody connected in the right way, if we could get this commissioned in the right way, I think we've got a whole new set of therapy there. Um, <laughs> we need to set up a service where you hook in, you, you bring together mental health nurses who have had a bit of a day like we have, and a professional comedian, and you just have a chat over Zoom because I haven't laughed so much. I nearly fell over a couple of times. That was just. Well, I said the best bit of it was your Radio Scotland voice. <laughs> we'll maybe save that for the show I just we? loved that, that was fabulous having, having done an interview with Radio Scotland this week I thought I was back in the room <laughs> and it's interesting as well because people like uh, people, people like myself and I, I tone when I, I first started um, chairing uh, a big conference, congress event I had to I became so conscious of not this voice on the pod isn't actually my na- that that's not me. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not me, but over years it's become me. <laughs> because, well, when you work in Aberdeen and folks speak to you in a Doric accent, you're speaking in a glass. Hey, fit like a day. <laughs> you see, in money, uh, hand as much, you know, a duck in feet, you're speaking a bit light. And you're Aye. going, what are you talking to? <laughs> Mate, I grew up in Shetland. You don't have to explain this to me. <laughs> But, but being a Glaswegian and thinking that the world just, you know, there was the television world and they mm. spoke, they were very different. But when you're in Glasgow, you just, when you're in the biggest city in Scotland, you realise the East Coast speak a bit differently. Mm-hmm. But as you become, you know, I don't know if other people have the same thing. I don't know if it's just, I have my home. When I'm in a conversation with my brother and my father, like you heard when I was in a conversation with Susie. And Susie you big sweary man. But I'm not, the, I'm that that's not me. I, I remember these beautifully colourful conversations I used to have with my granda and my dad. I remember, in fact, this is a good one for the pod just now. I remember telling my granda that I was going to be a mental health nurse. And he never once, I, I was going to be a nurse. 
and he didn't ask about the mental health part. I just said to him, Grand, I'm going to go and, I'm going to go and do my nursing. And he looked at me and he was like, ah, it's, it's mental health nursing. And then he had a smile on his face. And I swear to God, the exact words he said was, ah, son, you know, see if you spend a lot of time lying with dogs, you'll end up barking. <laughs> I was like, what do I make of that? And do you know, terribly enlightened perspective right, there. Right, right. And he laughed. He did <laughs> laugh. And he, he just looked at me and he, he was fully supportive of my whole career. You know, I lost my grandfather a number of years ago now, but he was incredibly proud that I was a mental health nurse. And but it was just this, that Jerry, he, he said it, but he said, you know, he, he tried to bring humour to a situation that I had been, I don't know how my grandfather's going to cope with this, I'm going to go and be a nurse. But in, in, in that typical Glaswegian working class shipbuilder way, and my dad was in the room and all, and my dad's like, ah, it was a complete bloody disappointment to me. I thought he was going to go and be a, go and be a normal nurse, but he's going to be a mental health nurse, so I can tell the guys in the pub. Because <laughs> <laughs> somehow that was allowed. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so no, I, I recognise there's um, the the cultural manifestation. I, they're, they're at the back, but when I get angry, it's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's let's see how much of that comes out then at our next live pod uh, on on the ninth of May. I'm really yeah. looking forward to this. It's going to be a, a absolute, absolute battle every night. We have chucked a bit of money. Uh, chucked a bit of our own money behind this as well to make sure that we've got capacity yeah. um, because we were oversubscribed in the last gig and uh, and so we put some money into this one to make sure that we can get um, up to 500 people um, can can join this uh, this Zoom show which which is just a ludicrous thought we totally get people are working and all the rest of it. Um, we want to encourage as many people in as possible, I think. By the time we get to the 9th of May with the lockdown, I had some lovely messages back from people who were at home on their own when we did the, the, the live show. I can't imagine how hard that is mm-hmm. to be at your, on your own. I mean, to be fair, I have to say, you know, my wife listens to some of the pods, but there's sometimes I wish I was coming home and not having to look after a five-year-old and, um, you know, my <laughs> absolutely sleep-deprived and anaesthetist wife. But the, the, the reality of the matter is how hard this situation must be when your natural social life is curtailed and mm-hmm. you're going in to help people and, and to be a true professional. Yeah. The sense of community, I had such a sense of pride when I was watching the conversation stream mm-hmm. of people actively supporting one another. Oh yeah, and, and let's let's yeah, let's make absolutely clear this is not a thing where you you tune in and you just listen to a comedian. It's not like watching something on iPlayer. This no. is a, an active participation thing. There is chat going up. Do you know what? If you want to heckle through the chat box, if you want to heckle through Twitter, go for it because we will interrupt them, and <laughs> you know we'll have a good laugh. But we're, but you're also going to get, you know, there is that sense of community, but you're also going to get two absolute top flight comedians, absolutely, absolutely free. Um, and if anything, come and see Susan's headphones because if yes. she uses those, it's like no. Princess Leia meets. Oh, let's let's not, let's not oversell it. Let's let's uh, yeah, they are amazing. It's uh, yeah. There's uh, something um, to behold. They really are fantastic. So. Yeah, we we would absolutely encourage. I'd also, I think, I had this idea in my head. It would be great uh, if people could let us know, you know, what what community we're separated but together on it. 
So mm-hmm. who was, I'd love, almost in my head, I'd love this scatter graph of who knows who and how they know them. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know that. So what, I, let's build up the audience connections. Yeah, yeah. I, I love yeah. that idea of like, so like, there's you and me and then that whole five degrees of separation. So I know Susan. And then I found out tonight that, that, that Susie knows my auntie Tina, who's actually my auntie Christine and I've never called her Tina in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, had I known that, I'd have tried to get a discount every time I booked her. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something for me about all of that in there and who knows who. I mean, there are, there are people who I converse with frequently through our, our Twitter um, page who I've never met and I've built up this kind of rapport with. Mm-hmm. I really like the idea of trying to build that, 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 that scatter graph or support that community around it. I don't know if it's achievable, but I'd love to just to do oh, that be a, introductions. It would be a blatant breach of uh, GDPR though, Stuart. So. Yeah, well, I wouldn't ask you how many people were actually there, of course. <laughs> the 300,942 3,010. <laughs> <laughs> is that how many Zoom allow? <laughs> or is that just how many people have died of the austerity? <laughs> You're not allowed to say that. That's an unacceptable comment in this day and age. So the uh, how do people get involved with this live show? Get onto our Twitter feed. We're Twitter plugging feed. the link out. We're Absolutely. at RMNBB Podcast. Uh, yeah, the Absolutely. link is up there. I'd um, really try and encourage as many people. We're trying to get more um, information up onto the, the website and, and have that almost like a stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it, it reads more like a blog, but it, it's more like a stream of stuff in our heads. So, um, <laughs> no, it's basically this in typed form. <laughs> and, uh, well, we've got wobble rooms. Uh, and the, Moving on. The, the, the chance of, I think we're going to do a poll this week as well. Yeah, aren't we on on some stuff? Again, it's really helpful for us because you we can put ideas out there in poll format, mm-hmm. and you guys can tell us what you think, and then we can get your thoughts expressed in a blog. And the nice thing about the blog I've found is people have come back and commented through Twitter on it. Mm-hmm. So it'd be nice to try and generate some conversation on the website and get a bit of traffic through the website as well because it's a bit more permanent. Twitter moves quite fast. Yeah. So, so some of the conversation gets lost. So that's maybe a bit of learning for us as well. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff available. And in fact, every single uh, episode we've ever done is available on our website, which is at www.rmnbehavingbadly.co.uk. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm reflecting on the, the first half hour of this and I'm wondering if, I don't know that this is ever going to be a classic me and you ranting about <laughs> <laughs> No, let's let's go with the. We've given you a gig. We're about to give you another gig. The least you can do oh, is just listen political. to us. We gave you an NHS. What more do you want? <laughs> Actually, we funded it because we pay for it through taxes. You mm-hmm. didn't give us anything. You've never had it so good. <laughs> Things can only get better, baby. Oh my God! And at that point, let's wrap up for the evening, Stuart. It's been absolutely wonderful to speak to you. If slightly, you know, weird. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, listen, I'm surprised my throat's held out this long. Although I'm only seventy percent accurate. So yeah, that's because you haven't got COVID. You big I slacker. I am a slacker. There is a story behind that, and I'll tell everybody about that at the live show Saturday, 9th of May at 9 p.m. 
on Zoom. The link's in the description. Uh, the link is all over the place on our social media. Yeah. Get connected. And in the meantime, stay well. Take care. Stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of RMN Behaving Badly. You can find us on Twitter at RMNBB Podcast. Stuart is at Stuart McKenzie and I'm at Ed Freshwater. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify and all the usual places. Our back catalogue and blog are at rmnbehavingbadly.co.uk. Go there for info about our upcoming live show on Saturday 9th of May at 9pm. It's free, but you have to register. Music is by Epi J and Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening. Speak to you soon.